Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Kinda Funny's doing an old school Patreon pledge drive all August long. If you like the content we've made in 2023, we'd like you to consider supporting us on patreon.com slash kindoffunny for the month. Just $10 would get you more than 300 exclusive episodes of shows like Kinda Feudy, Gregway, and more. We couldn't do this without you, so thank you for your support. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adelaide Jr. Joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. Tim Ma Button Gettys. It's a Nintendo sales day, Bless. It is, so it's of course, my favorite day. Of course, me and you got to be here. I also love that the, the cutoff date is June 30th, which is my birthday. Something oh, about yeah. that just feels appropriate. You Isn't know? it weird how excited we get for Nintendo sales? Just numbers. Because I woke up and I saw that they were up today, and I'm like, let's Where they go. Where they go. Where did Zelda Tears of the Kingdom come in? <laughs> is Animal Crossing number one yet, or is it still Mario Kart? Let's see. I get so excited for this. I it's know. like probably one of the nerdiest things about me. I, no, honestly, it is It is weird how, how into it I am. And yeah. Yeah, th- there's a couple big questions here. It's like, all right, what's the ranking of Pokemon going to look like? Mm-hmm. Is Animal Crossing capable yeah. of eclipsing Mario Kart? Is it, is it at all getting closer and closer? Or did the Mario movie ensure that that will never happen? Ooh. You know, getting Mario Kart even more in the public's eye. I don't know. We're going to have to wait to see. I haven't looked yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, oh, wanted, to, I wanted to keep it a little fun surprise for the show. Oh, yeah, Tim. Tim, before we even get in, how are you doing? How's I'm your week been? Right it's been real good. It's been chaotic. Yeah. A couple power outages outages at the studio yesterday. Yeah. Did you ever figure that out? Uh, I mean, it was just power outage. I think. Yeah. I, I don't think it was like any. I don't think it was anything. No foul play. I, no foul play. <laughs> okay. No foul play. Uh, but yeah, Fun we're, house. we're down a ton of people. Uh, Joey's out. Kevin's out. Greg's out. Um, and the power outage happened. I think because of the power outage, our gate won't open for yeah. <laughs> our parking lot. So uh, we're all in a state of disarray at this point. I had to park in a place I've never parked before and uh, scary, right? turned the wrong corner, you know, mm. tried to get, I was going to get here. It was going to be totally great, but now turned the wrong corner, started sprinkling a little. And I was like, man, I am, this is a weird yeah, life right gonna, now. This is those microclimates in San Francisco. Microclimate. <laughs> Take one wrong turn. It's all of a sudden it's raining. Yeah. It's messed up. I got real lucky with my, with my parking space. Cause last time this happened, I had to park like down the street, probably about a four minute walk, wow. but it was one of those things where that four minute walk was a journey Oh yeah. where I got out of my Hill. car. I had my Wendy's. I had my coffee. As I was walking, a dog barked at me from like behind a fence and scared me. Like I poured coffee on myself and it was also raining at that same time. It was just a terrible time. It was, a scene. It was a whole scene. This time I got a nice little spot right across the street. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, somebody pulled out as I was pulling in. I was like, let's go. Wait, it was raining last time? Yeah. Was it Mm. not? No, I'm just wondering if that has something else Mm. to do with the gate. Because the gate worked after the power outages yesterday. Like, we were all able to leave last night. Yeah, that's a good point. You think it might be like a rain thing? I don't know. I, I did get close enough to the box that moves the gate. Or when I was pressing the clicker, the box did make a noise, like it was receiving a signal. I heard, yeah, this, yeah, that same thing. When I put in the code, I heard like the like it accepted the code, but nothing yeah. happened. I tried uh, moving the gate, <laughs> like shaking the gate, and Mike walked out. And I thought said, I was about to get it in trouble. says don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, but like nobody was there. Kevin's not there to yell at me. 
and then Mike comes Kevin's out. Kevin's not going to shake it. <laughs> exactly. Somebody has Somebody to. has to shake the gate. So Roger was the one that noticed this first, or at least was the first to um, notify the, the Slack channel so we all knew. And then, uh, of course, Kevin, even though he's on vacation, jumps in to, to try to solve some problems or just be an asshole. Yeah. He did a little bit of both, if you noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point, he, he told Roger, hey, can you like check the, the safety reflector or whatever? And Roger just replies, gotcha. Nothing blocking the reflector core. And it's just like, <laughs> why are we just a bunch of fucking children? You know what I mean? It's just like, what the fuck is a reflector core? Reflector core? That sounds like a weapon you'd unlock in Rack. Totally. <laughs> Bust out the reflector core. God. Well, Tim, enough about our gate outside. Let's talk about Nintendo sales numbers, Baldur's Gate 3's early access impressions, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, head to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD to write in with your questions, squad ups, and more. And remember, patreon.com slash kindoffunny will get you the show ad-free plus a bevy of bonus content. Housekeeping for you, our Baldur's Gate 3 impressions are up right now. We have around 20 combined hours in the game, and we share all about our different experiences. You can catch that on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. And then the stream team, speaking of Baldur's Gate 3, begins their immersive D&D adventure in BG3 after KFGD. Uh, help them create their characters, forge their paths, and watch them accidentally murder important NPCs. I heard them planning this yesterday, and oh my god, I think it's going to be... This is one yeah. we need to turn in for. I have a feeling this is going to be one of those ones that people in the office are going to have their headphones on listening to. Mm, I'm very <laughs> excited about that. It's going to be hilarious, and I may or may not have seen a picture oh. of a dick that changed me. You know, I was, uh, I guess now that we can talk about Baldur's Gate 3, I was making my character in that game at my desk, right? And I'm like going through the nitty gritty, going through all the options, making sure that I am tailoring that character to my needs. Mm. And I get to an option that is dick size. Or not dick size, sorry. It was like... What, what do you want your genitals to look like? And they had a bunch of options. And I'm going to... <laughs> Excuse me. What? It didn't explicitly say it is dick size. size. Yeah, it didn't say dick size. I'm, I'm projecting them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going through the different options. And I'm like, wait, I can't see, like... I still have clothes on it. I, I asked Greg about it because I'm like, Greg, did you encounter this? And he's like, go one option down. It'll let you take off the clothes so you can see the genitals. And I'm like, thank you. I appreciate that. And so I do that. And as I'm doing that, my desk is located right next to the front door. So if somebody walks in, they immediately like see what's going on on my monitor. And so Barrett comes in uh, from outside, and I'm like, Barrett, don't leave my monitor, don't leave my monitor. And like I've, through my side view, I see Barrett kind of like glance at my monitor. I'm like, you just saw a dick on my monitor. Yeah, yeah, hey, man. This isn't going to come back to bite me. And like you didn't stop or anything. Like you kept just like scrolling through dick options. So like there was a transition from one dick to another that really, really had me shook a little bit. There was no, there's no rhyme or reason when you're sc- scrolling through the presets. Yeah, and they're not, they're not organized <laughs> by like, by like <laughs> shape or size or it's just random genital. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably a better office. way to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I appreciate it. Go play Baldur's Gate three if you're interested in that kind of thing. But also, if you're interested in Xbox, a new Kind of Funny X-Cast is up right now on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, talking all about Xbox at Gamescom and their biggest show yet. And then also, on Kind of Funny Games, Baird Zelda in Review Part 2 is up right now, in case you haven't seen it. Also, we're recording PS I Love You XOXO today, and Greg is gone. 
So me and Janet decided to take it easy this week and rank our top 10 PlayStation games of all time. You can come watch live this afternoon on Patreon or tune in tomorrow when it goes up for everyone. Bless. How cool is it that we had shout outs in housekeeping for PC, PlayStation, Nintendo, and Xbox? Listen, that's what they, what do they call us? They call us platform agnostic poppies. That's it. That's, that's, what we are. <laughs> that's what they call us that's here. What they say all the time. All the time. All, 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 the, yeah. all the comments are very nice about that. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Jedi Master Deadpool, Delaney Twining, and Logan Delaney. Today we're brought to you by Honey, BetterHelp, and Shady Raids, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. Somebody in chat says, where's the Nintendo podcast, though? Well, strap in. You got three Nintendo stories back to back starting boom, off the show. Boom. Zelda drives record quarter for Switch with 18.5 million sales. This is Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom drove a record quarter for Nintendo Switch, with the company confirming it sold 18.51 million units at, uh, of the game as of June 30th, 2023. During the three-month period, global sell-through of first-party software reached the highest level for a first quarter since the Nintendo Switch launched in 2017, the company claimed. The company also enjoyed a record first quarter profit of 185.4 billion yen, uh, which is $1.294 billion, which is up 82% and surpasses the 2020 period when it released Animal Crossing New Horizons uh, and the start at the start of COVID-19 lockdown uh, boosted sales. Driven by Zelda, Nintendo shipped 3.91 million Switch units during the three-month period, short of the 5.68 managed in Q1 FY21, which is 13.9% year-on-year and brings the life-to-date total to 129.53 million. Wow. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom was revealed, or sorry, was released on May 12th and sold 10 million copies worldwide in its first three days, according to Nintendo. That made it the fastest-selling game in the history of the series, and the fastest-selling Nintendo game for any system in Europe and the Americas. Nintendo oh, said... Uh, yeah, I wonder what it is. Do you think it's Animal Crossing in Japan, probably? I don't. I wonder what that is. Maybe? If you have the answer in chat, kindoffunny.com, so if you're wrong. Uh, Nintendo said in its latest results that sell, the, that sell-through of this one title constituted approximately half of the first-party software sold this fiscal year. Yep. Makes sense. That's insane. Yeah, man, that's Nintendo. So look, we're talking 129.53 million Switches out there. Yeah. That puts it at about 25 million away from taking over the DS family of systems, which is mm. the number one at this point. Do they count the DS and 3DS as like... No, 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 DS, DSi, DS Lite. Oh, so the OG DS was selling like that. Yes. God yes. damn. Well, and you know what's even crazier mm-hmm. is thinking about the time frame of this of like, obviously, we're talking about one of the most successful systems ever here with the Switch, and uh, we're not done yet. So yeah. we, I want to have a conversation with you about like what what's left. Like, can it actually get them bumps? It may be a sale on the Switch, like a price cut, maybe a new iteration of the mm-hmm. Switch, like get some excitement out there. That we might be Mario a story number three. Oh, maybe, maybe. Story number three is all about the games that are left on the Nintendo Switch. I love this. I love right now, this. though, let me tell you about but the real, games. Real, real quick, I just want to say uh, the, the, the final point I have that uh, I was thinking about, and I was looking at this, the sales um, of just older consoles uh, before the story, and the Wii mm-hmm. sold astronomical numbers. Yeah. At the same time as the DS. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, my God, we're talking about how successful Nintendo is at hardware sales, software sales now. And like, sure, the Switch is kind of just more condensed and we're getting more software like per IP per title. Mm-hmm. But 
man, Nintendo was raking in them dollars the on the hardware side, both DS and Wii being <laughs> the top of the um, console sales charts of yeah. all time do you th- at the same time. Do you think we get back to that? Because now that you say that out loud, that is so lucrative. And you do get a lot of money by double dipping. And by combining the Switch, I think Nintendo saved a lot of, I think, was just confusion and unnecessariness of, like, the Wii U and the 3DS and, like, the Wii U just not working out as a console. The Switch solves for that. But also, yeah, you're not getting the double dip of the handheld and console machine. But I, but I think uh, the, the magic there is hardware sales result in less money for Nintendo and for PlayStation, for Xbox, all of them, right? To some extent, software doesn't. Yeah. So if your software numbers are uh, higher than they've ever been, which they are with the Switch, that means you're winning, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, we don't know the actual final numbers of like money being made. I don't, at least I don't. Um, But from all accounts, Nintendo's doing its best now. Yeah. So I think that just kind of puts into perspective that hardware sales Having a higher number of sales doesn't necessarily mean more money. Fair enough. Well, talking about software sales, we do have the top 10 best-selling Switch games listed by Nintendo as of June 30th, 2023. At number 10, we got New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe with 16.17 million units sold. At number 9, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Hold on. Let, let's, let's talk about these as we, as we go up here. All because right. uh, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. 16 million sold. Yeah. <laughs> like, we need to talk about that. A game that people don't like to talk about, period. Mm. It's a Wii U thing. People totally write it off in every which way. This is a port of a Wii U 2D Mario game that was the fourth in the, the, the series of new games. There was mm. the DS one. There was Wii. There was 3DS. New Super Mario Bros. 2 on DS. Yeah. And then, then this. this. The ordering of those last two might have been a little flipped. But regardless, this is one of four entries in this franchise. And it is a port... 10 years later, eight years later, 16 million sold. Yeah. No, Mario Wonder is game. going to destroy. Yeah, it. well, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, Mario Wonder, you imagine, hits at least 20 million. I think so. I think easy. Yeah, which is insane. To insane. Think about. And also insane considering that, like, new, new Super Mario, no, not New Super Mario, Mario 3D World came out also. And I believe that was, and this is maybe a year wrong, right? About a year or two years after this game came out somewhere around there i yeah. want to say and that came out with new content that came out with a whole new mode that came out with bowser's fury which was basically like a new 3d mario right a condensed version of a new 3d mario and that is still that's not on this list new super mario brothers somehow outsells that the wildest thing here too is like only 10 games could be on this list yeah so it's like underneath this where is mario 3d world i'm gonna I'm look that up yeah because I, mean, yeah, I think that information might be out there but I imagine that, yeah, it's probably not that far down. But even still, the fact that New Super Mario Bros. U outsells that surprises me. Because I'm somebody who would take um, 3D World any day over Mario Bros. U. No, no offense to Mario Bros. U. I think it's a fantastic game. But, yeah, 3D World is so fucking good. Uh, but that's sitting at number 10. At number 9, we got the debut of The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom with 18.51 million units. So that is the number ninth best-selling Nintendo game on Switch. Only already. Having, already. Only having been released a couple months ago. Already the second best-selling Zelda game of all time. Yeah. Wild. Like, absolutely wild. At number eight, we got Super Mario Party at 19.39 Mario million. Party. Not Mario Party Superstars. Yeah. Not the good Su- one. Super Mario Party. Uh, at number seven, which also, I guess that's another thing that surprised me a little bit, is that Super Mario... I don't, I, I don't know if I'd say it surprised me, but I'll think that Super Mario... Um, or, sorry, Mario Party Superstars is probably somewhere high on the 11 through 20 range 
if Super Mario Party is, is this high, I imagine Super Mario Party is here over that because it came out first. Mm-hmm. And there is this weird thing with Nintendo consoles in double dipping on the same game, right? Where you put out a second version of the same franchise and it just, it doesn't do well unless you're talking about a Zelda <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Uh, right above that, at number seven, we got Pokemon Scarlet and Violet at 22.66 million. Right above that, at number six, Pokemon Sword and Shield at 25.92 million units. So, off the top of my head, this would put the only Pokemon games that have sold better than these as Red, Blue, and Yellow would be number one. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure Gold and Silver is somewhere in between the 22 and 26. Of Scarlet and Violet, Sword and, Sword and Shield. So Scarlet and Violet is is coming up, and I think by the next time we get updated info on this, yeah. we'll probably. I mean, the DLC is going to move units. Oh probably. yeah, dude, we have two rounds of DLC at least, um, and I, I think that they're going to use that to push this game hard, especially when right now there's no Pokemon game this fall. Mm-hmm. Like we got so many of them in recent times. Like there was that the back to back where we got. Uh, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, and Legends Arceus. And then at the end of the year, we got Scarlet and Violet. So now we're kind of in this like weird lull. I, I've heard rumors of a Pokemon Presents coming up in the, the next couple of weeks. So they could do anything. But I think that the DLC will be their big push this year. For sure. Which is going to boost the hell out of this. Um, I do think it's going to eclipse Gold and Silver, wherever that is, and Pokemon Sword and Shield at the end of the day. But um, I don't know that it'll quite hit the the numbers of Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. It's It's slowing down. The power down as much as the game itself did. Exactly. That's actually what I was going to get at is the fact that Pokemon has so much power that Pokemon Scarlet and Violet can have so much bad word of mouth and so much people making fun of it online and so much like shit thrown its way, most of it deservedly, and still sell 22 million units in less than a year. That's insane. Yeah, it is. That's like a level of, of dominance that like executives only dream of. Oh, yeah. Of like, hey, let's put out a let's put out some shit and make it one of the best selling things ever on the platform. That's Pokemon wild. Scarlet and Violet will forever be like just the the monkey paw for me. Yeah, like, I mean, it's and it, the dream, and it's the it's game. The it's the game that me, both me and you love. Love the crazy thing, right? Love, like, we man. both had such a fantastic time with this game. You still have a fantastic. I still, and I still fucking hate it too. Yeah, I still fucking hate the tech problems. Imagine this game if it came out perfect. I, I can't. It would be. It'd probably be top three, I'm right? It would legit. be doing Animal Crossing. I, I, type here's numbers. the thing, though. I, I do wonder, and we'll never know, how much better could it do if the game ran well? Would that mm-hmm. actually affect it I demonstrably, think, or is it just fucking dominant because yeah. it's dominant and that's what it is? I, th- I think it would. Like, I, I, I honestly think if Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which comes out as me and you's dream Pokemon game with a monkey's paw attached to it, I think without that monkey's paw, I think we are talking about it in the same way that people talk about Animal Crossing, where it is, yo, y'all got to play this. I think the actual word of mouth would carry it through in a way beyond even these 22 million sales. That's just my, this is the guess, right? But like, I I have to imagine. Because even Pokemon Sword and Shield, that was one that I feel like a lot of people played and were just like, yeah, it's more Pokemon. Like, we enjoy Pokemon, so we're going to play and we're going to buy it, but it's more Pokemon, right? Like, I feel like the Pokemon... uh, when was the last time a Pokemon game came out and it was fucking unanimously, yo, this is fucking incredible. Like, this is changing the game. Yeah, I mean, it gets hard. Because if you I do one like, of those, it's like, that's gonna... There's been, a, I feel like, a lot of those moments. I think X and Y was a big moment that, like, got people... There's the moments that get people back in, mm-hmm. you know? And I think Sword and Shield got people back in. It, I guess it tends to just be the first one of the new generation. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, but we'll see how this all shakes out. <laughs> 
Uh, right above Pokemon Sword and Shield, you have Super Mario Odyssey sitting at 26.44 million. Uh, at number four, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild at 30.65 million. Um, right above that, at number three, you have Super Smash Brothers Ultimate at 31.77 million. And then above that, number two, Animal Crossing New Horizons, 42 million, 42.79 million. And then right above that, at number one, of course, you got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at 55.46 million not even close look at those numbers yeah. animal crossing 42 mario kart 55 i mean if you look at the um the like additional numbers here the um it, since the last since march 2023 right so you're talking about it in that three-month period mario kart 8 deluxe sold 1.67 million more units and animal crossing new horizons only did 0.58 more million uh, million more units right and so you're talking about a full million more for mario kart 8 deluxe above animal crossing and that what is, of happened? course, Mario movie. 100%. Super, Mar Super Nintendo world. There is a built-in marketing system now that Nintendo has with its IP outside of video games that will boost its IP. We've seen it a million times with The Witcher, with The Last of Us, but now Nintendo, Nintendo, yeah. the most mainstream mass market video game company there is, uh, is able to pull on even new levers to create new sales a new audience for one of the highest selling yeah. video games not of to all mention time. like dlc waves now right after a game after this game was dead for a little bit they've been putting out dlc waves which give people more reason to want to go out and buy this thing animal crossing they stopped doing the, the those updates which mm -hmm. i'm sure yeah brings that down quite a bit the, nintendo is treating mario kart in the mario franchise i'd say right right now right like they're do they're they're taking advantage of that ip power I mean, I, I, I'm so curious to see maybe it's when the Switch 2 comes out or like whatever the next console is. Maybe we get an Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons Deluxe and we get another five waves of DLC and then you see sales come in that way. Like they can treat their games like this and it's going to be successful for them, right? They're going to get millions and millions of sales on top of it because the core, the core, the cores of these games are so fucking good. Um, but yeah, Nintendo sales, man. Yeah, and wow. you know, I, I think something that we're not talking about enough here is the fact that Animal Crossing, every single time we talk about it and every time we, we will talk about it in the future, mm -hmm. we always talk about it in relation to COVID. We always talk about it as like this massive success that was right place, right time. Quality of game was great. Everyone loves the franchise too. It's not just that it was COVID. But I think that when you start looking at these sales numbers, video games are just in an insane place today. Oh, yeah. Years after COVID uh, first popped off and everyone was stuck at home. So... This is interesting to look at uh, not only Tears of the Kingdom, which obviously is the big blockbuster. Like Tears of the Kingdom is a blockbuster game release on the the level that we rarely see. Yeah, you know, I feel like you could probably say there have been in the history of video games twenty game launches that had that much oomph behind them and expectation behind them in terms of critical reception and sales and all of that and then they did it um, so for one of those to immediately break into the top ten, but then you look at all these games that have a couple of them been out since like the beginning of the switch but otherwise it's kind of a real nice representation of the switch's library over the last couple of years consistently putting out high quality titles people actually want and pokemon scarlet and violet uh mm -hmm. that come out sell well to begin with but then these numbers on the right that are just the additional sales in the last three months they're wild yeah like we're talking about half a million uh, like on the low side here uh for it it advancements in sales figures yeah. for old games in the last three months on the switch like looking at super mario party sold three hundred fifty thousand in that three-month period yeah <laughs> y'all are out here buying super mario party 
Mario Party Superstars is out there and it's better. And y'all are buying Super Mario or yeah, Super Mario Party. Uh, it's fucking bonkers. But yeah, that is the power of Nintendo. That is the power of their IP. And speaking of the power of their IP, story number two, Mario movie is also killing it. This is Wesley Yinpool no. at IGN. Zelda wasn't the only big contributor to Nintendo's bottom line. The April 5th release of the Super Mario Brothers movie was enormous. Nintendo said as of July 30th, a whopping 168.1 million people worldwide have now seen the movie. And as of July 26th, global box office revenue hit $1.349 billion. That's the highest ever for an original film based on a video game and the second highest for an animated film. Quote, this is helping us build a lasting affection for our Super Mario IP around the world, Nintendo said. The success of the Mario movie had the knock-on effect of growing sales of Mario games such as Super Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and Mario merchandise. The eternally popular uh, Mario Kart racer shifted another 1.67 million sales during the quarter and has now sold an eye-watering 55.46 million units. (laughs) Eye-watering is a really good way to put it. Quote, by expanding Nintendo IP in areas outside the dedicated video game platform, we create new opportunities for consumers to encounter Nintendo IP. And this invigorates our overall business, uh, Nintendo said. They continue, based on the various effects that we have confirmed through the release of this movie, we will continue our efforts towards visual content related initiatives. End quote. Tim? We're getting that Zelda movie. It's happening. Oh, yeah. We're getting it all, man. I, I don't think any of this is a surprise, but uh, I, except for the fact that they said the number 168.1 million people have watched this movie. Yeah. That's just weird. We normally right? don't get stats like that uh, that are potentially, probably, combining streaming numbers and uh, box office numbers combined into eyeball numbers for them. So that it's just a, a pretty wild, wild way to think about it. Like, that is... A lot of people. Oh yeah, <laughs> watching that's an a, entire. It's a percentage show. of planet Earth. Yes, yes, <laughs> it's a small percentage, yes, but the that fact is... that the fact that it's a percentage. Is yeah, kind of crazy. it also it feels a little intrusive that they know that number. I don't know. Why. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like how y'all know? <laughs> How'd y'all figure that out? Yeah, that's that's insane. And one point three four nine billion. That's insane. That's it's a lot of money for, for movies. Period. Yeah. Uh, again, it being the second highest animated film ever, behind Frozen two. I want to say. Yeah, Frozen. What I mean. <laughs> Long term, what does this do for Nintendo? Does Nintendo end up becoming the next Pixar? Like not even just Pixar of video games, the Pixar of the of the uh, movie space, uh, right? I don't think the next Pixar is the right analog right there, because um, I, I feel like Pixar is is such a unique thing. Like we understand what that means. I think it it is going to define Illumination's voice a little bit more. I think. Uh, do you, do we want Nintendo to keep going with Illumination for this? Absolutely I, I, not. I, I mean, I feel like it's out of the. It's just going to happen yeah, now. That's, that's where we're at. Like, do we want it? I mean, like, no, there's a bunch of things I'd rather than that. Having said that, with what the Mario movie was, I'm, I don't think that they are the worst partners like I did before we saw that movie mm-hmm. or first started seeing uh, anything about that movie. I, the, at the end of the day, they're just a production studio, right? It's about the teams working on it. It's about who's making this, who, the vision behind it all. So I feel like we've had surprises from everyone. I mean, look at Puss in Boots. Yeah. last year with dreamworks like who the fuck thought dreamworks had that in them um, those talented people a there. lot of people because dreamworks movies like secretly kick ass some but of secretly, them though some of them and i would say like a minority of them and that is true but that's mm. kind of my point is like it's who are the people i don't think that oh illumination sucks i think that there are teams of illumination that have kind of made fairly cookie cutter things or very specific money-making things yeah. where but like, like that works at, for mario though is the thing i, I right? yeah. 100 maybe like, not zelda I, that, yeah. and that's the that's the interesting thing here i 
assume that Nintendo is going to keep doubling down on Illumination for future film projects, at least for the near future. I think Illumination fits really well for Mario. I, I wish... And I would I would personally want Nintendo to take like the what we talk about with Marvel games of hey find the best studio for the job for each of these individual projects right does Nintendo want to put that amount that amount of effort and work into it does Nintendo even want to take the risk of being like all right now let's go to somebody else when somebody else might mess up what Illumination got right the first time um, but man yeah if you were to go all right Illumination you're Mario hey other studio over here you do Zelda hey you over here you do Metroid. I think there could be something interesting in that. Oh, yeah. But also, will Nintendo do that is the question. Probably not, right? Yeah, you probably I, just double down on Illumination. Yeah, it's, I think it's about partnerships. Again, it's about care and vision. Like, is Miyamoto going to be as involved in these future things as he was with the, the Mario movie? Like, I think that's kind of the, the big question of, like, he clearly has moved on from games to an extent where he is focusing on this expansion into theme parks, into movies, and kind of leading that vision. So... I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they do kind of cherry pick like studios for projects, whether it's live action or animated or anything in between. I just think that being realistic of mm -hmm. the pipeline of these things, I feel like we're going to get more illumination projects than anything else in the foreseeable future. Having said that, there's also the Pokemon side of things, right? With Detective Pikachu coming out, that had nothing to do with Illumination. That yeah. was a completely different company. So they clearly are willing to try different things. Uh, and even that, I think, Legendary Pictures, got, it got shifted around. Like, there's a lot out there. I think that especially on the term, the face of animation at this point is changing. And we are seeing a shift towards like new styles as opposed to like just the same cookie cutter look. And even that goes back to, I think Sony pictures, everyone cites um, Spider-Verse Spider obviously, yeah. but like even looking at the peanuts movie from a couple years before that, like having that style that looks a bit more uh, stop motion claymation. Yeah. But it, I mean, I think there's it, a lot of examples now, like Scoob, there's TMNT, uh -huh. there's um, uh, Nimona that Puss I just watched on Netflix, yeah. like this Puss in Boots. Yeah. And it feels like that all kind of like started with the uh, fantastic Mr. Fox as well, like way back like a decade ago. Yeah. I mean that being explicitly stop motion stuff, but I feel like with that we're we're seeing I I just have more faith in all of the big animation studios at this point than I ever have before. Where okay. hearing about any of them doesn't make me go, "Oh, it's not going to be good." Yeah. I do I mean even at this point hearing it's going to be Pixar doesn't make me think it's going to be good. I mean, yeah. So it's like everything's kind of And I guess for you like when I bring up even the Pixar comparison, I guess I'm more so talking about the IP of the IP presence in this space. Because when you ask me about movie animations, right, I immediately think about Disney. I think about Pixar, right? It's like in terms of the IPs, the Incredibles, the Finding mm -hmm. Nemo, like that kind of thing. I'm looking at the success of the Mario movie, it being the second best highest grossing um, uh, animated movie of all time, or like the fastest grossing, whatever they used. I can see a case where it's, oh, I'm thinking about Toy Story. I'm thinking about I don't know, Aladdin, and I'm thinking about Mario. <laughs> I mean, right? it could happen. And I think that, that that has been building a little bit for a while now. But when the last couple movies I've watched in theaters, there's a trailer for a duck movie. I don't know what it's called. Go West, I imagine. Okay. <laughs> Hold that out of my ass. But it's about a bunch of ducks, okay? And they're I've hibernating. I've not seen this. <laughs> not hibernating. Migrating. Bears hibernating. I was say, ducks, ducks don't hibernate. They Are you sure they were ducks? They're mallards of some sort. Okay. Uh, so they're, 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 they're fucking flying. Who gives a it's shit? It's called migration. But they go to apparently. New York. It's some, migration? It's called migration. There we go. Um, we, we, as it starts, this illumination is like from the studio that brought you, you know, yeah. minions, 
the Super Mario Brothers movie. Like they are oh, really, yeah, I know really, really like about. Yeah. trying to create that identity. And like they've been doing it. Like I not to take away from Illumination, not my cup of tea for things, but like, I like Despicable Me. Despicable Me, the minions, like they got their shit. You talking about like when we're talking IP. That's, That's true. fucking IP. That's man. true. And they were bringing in bank with those movies, and they continue to. So um, I, I do think that being at Illumination is a very healthy place for them to be in terms of marketability and growing it so that Mario is more than just a video game and is a household name in the sense of uh, movies and TV and all that stuff, even more than he already has been. Mm-hmm. Tim, of course, Nintendo got IP. Pixar got IP, but also kind of funny has IP because we got shows like kind of feudy. You got mm-hmm. the next gen podcast and more over on patreon.com slash kind of funny. And also on patreon.com slash kind of funny. You can go and get shows like this ad free. Speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by PayPal Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Did you know it only takes a few seconds to get it? That means if you go to add it to your laptop or iPhone right now, you could be done before this ad read is even over. And you know what else works fast? Honey's deal finding abilities. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. When you check out, the Honey button appears. All you have to do is click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that and then if it finds a working coupon you will find the prices drop we've saved thousands of dollars thanks to honey buying costumes props tech over the years honestly not using honey is just silly honey doesn't just work on desktop it works on your iphone too just activate it on safari on your phone and you get to save on the go getting honey seriously only takes a few seconds and by getting it you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show you can get paypal honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kind of funny that's joinhoney.com slash kind of funny this episode's brought to you by shady rays take on the sun with gear built to last our friends at shady rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures just like mike likes them shady rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your pair even on day one they told us they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked and every purchase supports the shady rays impact program which works directly with nonprofits and their communities to empower and make adventure accessible for all walks of life from childhood cancer patients to young adults with serious health conditions exclusively for y'all listening right now shady rays is giving out their best deal of the season go to shadyrays.com and use code kind of funny for 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people Again, that's shadyrace.com. Use code kinda funny. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. We all know life can be hard. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. I know from experience how often it just seems easier to care about others and keep it moving. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Some of my best friends use BetterHelp and 
love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. For more balance with BetterHelp, visit betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash kindoffunny, betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Before you even get to story number three, mm-hmm. If you were part of Nintendo and you were tasked with finding a studio to make a, a Zelda movie, what comes to mind? Because, like, after watching, I just watched this movie, Nimona. I've talked about it quite mm-hmm. a bit already. And, like, I think that studio would be good. I, I don't know the exact name of the studio. I think it might be, like, double negative um, from what I can see. But it was published by Annapurna and also it was distributed by Netflix. And if you haven't seen Nimona, go watch that movie. It's a good-ass movie. But also has a distinct art style. I think has, like, good, a good tone and a good vibe for this world that they've built which is like not necessarily fully fantasy but it's fantasy adjacent like one of the main characters is a, is a druid um but yeah that's the studio that i think could could rock it but it's hard to think about like who would make a good zelda movie yeah i i personally feel like the best answer would be like the most generic answer is ghibli right and like yeah. Duh, that'd be awesome but it just doesn't feel like it that doesn't feel like a thing that could happen yes exactly but if it did i mean that's the answer mm-hmm. period hard stop but I do think my answer would be I would go to an A24 and I would be like, y'all figure it out. Mm -hmm. I would trust. I would trust that people would find something. I feel like in a perfect world, in my mind, it's animated. But like, I feel like it needs an an artistry to it. And it needs a passion and a a creative vision that comes from a very unique place. Like that, Zelda deserves that, in my Mm. opinion. But I don't necessarily know that I have the answer of like, oh, this team, let's do that, them. Like, there, the there's t- not a one to one for me. See, I think it's a t- it's a tough thing of a. It'd be so cool to see a Zelda that is yeah an A twenty four done with an artistic touch. Like, is very is very. Hey, this is such a unique thing that we're speaking to like critics and we're speaking to people who love film with a Zelda thing. I don't think a Zelda, a Zelda movie can realistically be that right because I think that works. That might work on the video game level to some extent on the. Hey, we're Nintendo. We're translating this inherently like family-friendly thing to a movie audience. I feel like you got to water it down and make it a bit more like fun or like I don't I don't know the word I'm looking for. Like almost Ghibli-ish, right? Like there's got to be a level of kids are gonna fucking love this. Yeah. And I don't know if you can do that and do what you're talking about. Then there's the other side though, which is just straight up. Just give me the Green Knight. I just want the exact same team that made the Mm. Green Knight 
to make a live action Zelda and then just just make the Green Knight. Yeah, just make the Green Knight. You seen the Green Knight? You should watch the I, Green Knight. I have seen the Zelda Green Knight. Movie. I hate the Green Knight. <laughs> I hated that movie with everything. But I, res- I, I was gonna say I respect it. I don't even need to say that. I just say I did not like that movie. <laughs> Fucking fire, Baron. You know? I saw you pop up. Oh, you're right there. Yeah, I'm right here because the answer that I've been saying for years, years is Gendy Tartakovsky who has made Samurai Jack and Primal Ooh, and all of these fucking kick-ass. And if you're talking about Green Knight, Tim, someone who could do animated Green Knight is that man and his team right there. Mm. That'd be dope. I mean, I'd be signing That is the that, only sure. answer to me. That'd be sick as hell. Not Illumination. Get them out of here. <laughs> they fit for Mario, not for Zelda. An Illumination Zelda would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> Dude, Zelda can be so many things, man. I feel like That's Illumination true. can do a Wind Waker and, and nail it. That's exactly what I was going to say. If Illumination was, was to do it, I think it would have to be a, a Wind Waker or a more cartoony take on Zelda. But hey, we'll see. For now, story number three, we're still on Nintendo. Nintendo still has Metroid Prime 4 down as a Switch game. This is Wesley Yinpool at IGN. Nintendo has outlined upcoming Nintendo Switch exclusives and still lists the long-absent Metroid Prime 4 as a Switch game. As part of its latest financial report, Nintendo listed all the upcoming and announced games coming to the Nintendo Switch. Notably, the list includes Metroid Prime 4, which still carries a, quote, temp title and TVA release date. Here's the list in full. So you got Detective Pikachu Returns, that's coming October 6th. Super Mario Bros. Wonder, that's October 20th. WarriorWare Move It, that's uh, November 3rd. Super Mario RPG, November 17th. Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, that's coming in 2024. Uh, Princess Peach will star as the main character in a brand new game. That's coming 2024. Don't forget about that. And then Metroid Prime 4 is just listed as TBA. You know, Nintendo is so unique in the way that they'll just announce games like Super or Princess Peach will start in a game and just we see a second of it and then we may or may not ever hear about that game again. Mm. Like, I swear to God, there's been this exact type of announcement for Kirby and Yoshi multiple times in the last like 15 years. And then maybe we get a game or maybe it comes out on the following console or, or whatever, like what happened with Kirby. But um, this is a pretty banger lineup of kind of the what's left but then also a 2d fucking mario yeah <laughs> right and then uh super mario rpg i'm really interested in what that can do sales wise um i know the quality of the game it looks like they're being faithful enough that there's no reason to believe that it's not going to be an incredible game uh so with that you look at the rpg side of mario games and they're not on these like record-breaking lists no. right the paper marios mario rpg mario and luigi series um I guess that Mario and Luigi did pretty well on DS, but um, I'm interested to see if Super Mario RPG can come out and cross and do like Luigi's Mansion 3 numbers, which is always like a big surprise where it's like you wouldn't expect Luigi's Mansion 3 to have been like a juggernaut on the Switch, Mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure it's at like 9 or 10 million sold, which like put that in comparison, like it's not that far off of the top 10. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. It'd be, I mean, with what this lineup is, it'd be pretty sweet if we, if yeah, next year we were able to get Metroid Prime Four and that becomes the swan song to the Switch. I, I personally doubt it. You know, I think them having to restart that game in 2019 puts it in this weird place of I just don't expect to see it on the Switch anymore. I think that was kind of there. Hey, just so you know, this is happening. So if you're somebody who is like you know anticipating this thing real hard, we'll see when this thing comes out, right? Like Metroid Prime Four seems like such a yeah, we're just we're 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 figuring this out, and un, until they re-reveal it, that's when it's on a timer again for me. Yeah, that's when I start counting down the days. <laughs> I think that's fair, but I do think the fact that it's on like being talked about here like this, mm-hmm. it's like 
it's top of mind, right? And I guess that this is just all the games they've even yeah. mentioned. Yeah, I think that's the thing point. is these are all the games they have announced. Yeah. So where's Donkey Kong, the 2D one? Which I mean, they never announced it, right? Where's I feel the 3D like, one? <laughs> and, uh, I feel like potentially that. I don't know. I'm so torn on Metroid Prime Four, where strategically, I think to give it the best chance at success, it should be the swan song of this way. Yes. You know, built-in audience that we've just talked about. How many switches are out there? Awesome game. People now have been reintroduced to Samus in the Metroid franchise with both Dread, which was incredible and sold very well, and then Metroid Prime Remastered, which I don't think we have numbers on. They didn't talk about it here. Mm -hmm. um, but that coming out, obviously Prime being back on people's minds, but not getting the biggest push ever. They kind of just dropped it, and that was it. Um, I, I, I'm starting to believe more than ever that it's going to come out next year and be so. the Switch's final big game. I really hope so for now. We're going to keep talking about sales numbers. So story number four, we have up-to-date Resident Evil 2 sales numbers. This is directly from Shinobi on Twitter. That's the homie, at Shinobi602, who tweeted out, Resident Evil 2 Remake has passed over 12.6 million copies sold, making it the best-selling game in the franchise. Uh, Shinobi then tweets to a page that I didn't know existed. It's Capcom's like business page, which shows the sales of pretty much every Capcom game. Right. So you go through like the one through 10 and they show like how many units sold for each of these, these games. And so like if I was to count down from number 10 to one, right. Number 10, you got Street Fighter five with 7.3 million units. Above that, you got Resident Evil three uh, at 7.6 million remake remake, which is surprising to me. Uh, right above that at number eight, Resident Evil Village. Above that, you have Resident Evil six. Above that, Resident Evil five. Resident Evil, baby. <laughs> yeah. Right above that. Number five, you got Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Right, which they count differently. And uh, right above that, number four, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. At number three, Resident Evil 2. At number two, Monster Hunter Rise. God damn it. At number wow. one, wow, Monster Hunter World. Monster Hunter Rise at number two. Yeah. Never, never would have thought that. That's actually incredible for them. And look, this tells such a story, right? Capcom is Resident Evil, but it's also Monster Hunter, baby. Yep. I mean, it might be more Monster Hunter than Resident Evil, right? When you look at Look it. at those numbers, right? Like, that's, that's nuts, man. And uh, think about this. They, we, we heard that they have a game that they're planning to, to sell millions of copies coming out uh, in the next, what was it, nine months or something like yeah. that? It's going to be the next Monster Hunter, and For that's sure. going to be the number one. Like I yeah. think that easily it's going to become the next, the, the next Monster Hunter will become Capcom's number one best-selling game. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. It's fun to just look at these numbers, too, because, yeah, number 11, you got Devil May Cry 5 at 7.2 million units. I think that game might deserve a little bit more sales than that. Hey, uh, Barry, can you control F Musha for me? <laughs> I want to see where my boy Seminosuke is. It's weird because you have to like, all the pages are different because it's separated by 1 through 10 and then 11 through 30 and then 31 through 50. And I don't see a search function. And so it might be hard to find Musha. You might just have to well, like. Well, you just control F, right? Oh, wait, no, there's a tab that says all. If you go to the top, there's one that says all. Yeah. That's small. We can't, we can't read it, Barry. If you can read it to us, maybe. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. I guess I could also do it myself. Animusha 2, Samurai's Destiny at uh, 2. number 10. 51 with 2.10. 2.10 oh million. God. That's, that is absolutely wild. And then Animusha 1 at uh, number 55 with 2.02 million. That's... This is wow, so man. fun. I love seeing these. I love that they have all these numbers just visible. And dude, this is something that we talked, me and you have talked about a lot because we always talk about these Nintendo numbers. Yeah. But like when we go back to old games and like Chrono Trigger, like you'd expect that that thing sold 
tens of millions no, of copies yeah. the way people talk about it. No, it didn't. It's like this. Like, it's wild that some of the most iconic games of that generation sold uh, 2 million, 1 million copies. And now we're talking about Resident Evil 2 Remake, 12.6 million. Jesus Christ. Yeah, dude, this is really fun to look through. There's a lot of Monster Hunter at the top of this list, let me tell you. It's all Monster Hunter and Resident Evil. Did. With some Devil May Cry's sprinkled lightly in there. The DMC Devil May Cry sold 2.90, which sounds about right, honestly. Dino Crisis 1999 sold 2.40. Mega Man X 1.16. <laughs> Lost Planet 2, 2.1 million. Good for you, Lost Planet. Good two. for you. Good for you. Story number five Baldur's Gate reviews in progress are in uh, pretty much any review you go, you look at online right now is in progress because, of course, we only got the code for this game a couple days ago and it's like a hundred hour game, if that is probably longer than that. But we're going to start off with Liana Hafer at IGN who says, On the whole, I really am enjoying or I really am loving Baldur's Gate 3 so far. It definitely has some blemishes from minor bugs to a combat system that I don't exactly adore at lower levels. But I've been waiting 14 years for another alignment of the planets like Dragon Age Origins when an old school CRPG got a big enough budget to look like a high quality animated movie but the design hadn't been completely steered in the wrong direction in a, in a misguided attempt to reach a different market like the later two dragon ages this is the closest anyone has ever come to recapturing that magic fraser brown at pc gamer says the good news is that so far this is an absurdly impressive crpg my dream crpg really as i fought stolen and saying yes i'm a bard my way through the forgotten realms it's felt like i've been playing the greatest hits the best parts of ultima Baldur's Gate, Planescape Torment, Arcanum of Steamworks and Magic Obscura, Pillars of Eternity, Divinity Original Sin 2, or Di just Divinity Original Sin, all of the heavy hitters. Here are a few of my highlights. I'm becoming BFFs with an extremely theatrical vampire. I recently adopted an owlbear cub. I've embarked upon a complicated romantic relationship with a tiefling whose very touch kills thanks to the inter infernal engine encased in her chest. I've replaced my eyeball with an artifact that lets me detect invisible enemies. I consistently talk to the dead and animals, the latter of which are always a laugh. I've put, <laughs> I've put on countless impromptu musical performances for gold and applause. I've caused more accidental deaths than Asia 47. I found several excellent hats. Basically, Ooh. I'm having a whale of a time. And then Paul Kelly at PC Games End says Baldur's Gate 3, uh, 3's world is beautiful, layered, and complex, and challenges you to attack it how you want. And though this is what makes it a little daunting, it's also what makes me eager to dive back in and see where the adventure is going. Dude, I am so impressed at our games cast we did yesterday, where it was me hosting, talking to you, Andy, and Greg about your experience with this game. And mm -hmm. I just love it how rare it is to see people kind of try out a new experience that they've never really done, this type of RPG for the three of you, mm -hmm. and seeing you guys kind of fall in love with some things, but then also be kind of scared of others. Like you, it was funny hearing you. I've talked to you guys about your thoughts on video games for years, hundreds of times, but there was something unique about it where it, you were almost like, you didn't want to criticize it. You wanted to criticize yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. This combat system. I don't think I get it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like it, but I don't think I get it. You know what I mean? And it was just really funny. Cause it's like, I, I, I really felt like you guys were entranced by the experience somewhat of mm -hmm. it like being just like wow we this is what a role-playing game is like, yeah like we've we've played rpgs forever but now motherfuckers are role-playing yeah and i think that it's just the fact that it's a it's a game that is as deep and complex as a Baldur's gate 3 that we're jumping into because like yeah i'm somebody who 
I am not a CRPG person. Like the only one before this that I really got into would have been Disco Elysium. And that's a way different kind of game, right? That's a game that is way more like, I don't, there's like barely any combat in Disco Elysium. It's all pretty much conversation and reading and text and all these things. Uh, and I got so into that, but also it was 30 hours. And so it was this digestible thing that I could actually like see my way through. This though is so oh, you are playing a D&D game, right? And it's that, I think for us reviewing, right, it's that balance of us coming in as somewhat newcomers to the genre, wanting to come in and be able to talk about it authentically and give our own criticisms and our own experiences with it, but also respect what it is, right? And also respect the parts of it that aren't for us. And it's, that's what makes reading other reviews fun of seeing IGN, uh, Leanna Hafer here, right? Talk about the combat system also not being for her and me being like, okay, thank God. It's not yeah, just me, totally. right? It's not just us that don't, aren't super into the combat system. Like there's something there that, you know, maybe, and she mentions lower levels specifically, right? There's something there that um, I think re resonates between all of us there with the combat system. Um, but yeah, it's really cool to see people get their hands on it. It's really cool also to see this big reaction and this big wave of people getting into this game that for most of us here usually flies under our radars. Mm -hmm. um, it's fun having this group experience of, hey, we got a little bit of time to check this thing out. Let's all play it, talk about it, see what it's about and come away from it. I think having our third eye opened a little bit of oh this is what this thing is this is really cool i appreciate this and and, so. and yeah and with that too i feel like you know, we always talk about games having their their moments or getting robbed of their moments based on release date and what's surrounding it and just the way that we in the industry play these games and like just have the ability to do that they pushed up the release date for this yeah. right like that is such a, a rare thing but it's cool that they did that knowing what's coming forward it also results in review codes coming in days before yeah. for a hundred uh, hour RPG, but they explicitly explained that. Before. Oh, for sure. What, so and like, like, there's that thing of you understand, you know, it's different from when cyberpunk is coming up and we get that code like a few days before, like a week before. And you hear about how long this game is, how many hours that the devs put in and all these things. And you have all these built up expectations for it. And you get the, the code a week before and there's like, Oh, by the way, there's a day one patch. Oh, by the way, there's this thing, this thing, this thing. And you're playing and you're like, Oh, what's going on here? Baldur's Gate, the, them pushing up the date a month already. I'm like, hey, I get it. Yeah. Like, I, I would like a code way earlier, but I get not, <laughs> not having a code, right? The fact that they're also very communicative of, hey, also, yeah, there's this early access thing. You're not going to be able to preload because early access, uh, that doesn't work that way, yada, yada. I think they handled it the right way. And I think there's this understanding of what it is and why it, things are set up the way they are. Um, but yeah, hopefully with Starfield, we don't get the code three days early. You know what I mean? Yeah. That'll be, oof. you know? Yep. Oof. Oof. Also, uh, I don't actually, I think I saw Barrett walk out. I did send a video to Barrett. Maybe we can watch it a bit later in the, in the show of a, a scene somebody posted on Twitter that I was telling you about during the break. Yeah. But like, you sure you want to watch it? We can do a content warning. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a hilarious scene. Okay. Okay. Right. If you're saying it's hilarious, the it's way hilarious. you described it, you made it sound scarier than hilarious, but it's a bit of both, but okay. we can get there when we get there. Oh, Barrett has it pulled up here. So somebody tweeted out, they're like, oh yeah, here's my first time talking to an animal in Baldur's Gate 3, which the game lets you do, right? The game just lets you talk to animals. Barrett took it all because I think Barrett wants to watch it because he doesn't trust me. No, it, I'm not getting audio. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Give me a second. I mean, we don't. there's subtitles, so I don't think we need audio, but you can figure that out. As you figure that out, I'm going to story, read story number six real quick. Hideo Kojima rewrote Death Stranding 2 from scratch after the pandemic. This is Chris Skolian at Video Games Chronicle. Kojima has explained why he had to completely rewrite Death Stranding 2 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. After the first trailer for the game was shown at the Game Awards 2022, Kojima spoke on stage and revealed that he had to rewrite the game's story, but was vague as to the reasons for this. Quote, I had the story written before the pandemic, but after experiencing the pandemic, I just rewrote the whole story from scratch, he said at the time. 
I also didn't want to predict the future anymore, so I rewrote it. Now, in a new interview with a Japanese entertainment news site. Stop! Stop! <laughs> we just got a Kojima quote. I want to get this tattooed on my body, bless. <laughs> I also didn't want to predict any more future, so I rewrote it. I know he's talking about the game, but it makes it sound like he's rewriting the future. <laughs> Could you imagine? He's like, really, he's come to realize after Metal Gear Solid 2, and let's just say after all of his fucking video games, he's realized that he has this power, and he's like, actually, no, Death Stranding 2 is going to some fucked up places. Let's create a happy ending for not only Death Stranding, but for the world, oh the real God. world. Hey, he's talked about this before, too, right? Like, uh, uh, whatever at home like game awards thing i think like when he was talking to keely at one point he was like yeah man the you know the pandemic like we we did death stranding then the pandemic happened and delivery people were really important um i need to really rethink how i write my games yeah i want kojima to like write a write a story about like oh man there's food for everyone and like you know elon musk isn't being an idiot anymore and you know, we get a good president. <laughs> like, just write a story where everything's nice, Kojima, you know? Yeah. Just write that story. Now, in a new interview with Japanese entertainment news site, Natalie, Kojima gives more information on the impact of the pandemic and what it had on his inter interpretation of the story. Quote, before the pandemic, I'd actually already conceived the narrative for Death Stranding 2, Kojima said. Uh, and then, quote, wait, what? Asked his interviewer, <laughs> Japanese pop star Nochi. Quote, but Death Stranding came out right on the brink of COVID-19. I was under the impression that Death Stranding 2's plot was developed with the pandemic in mind, end quote. Quote, not exactly, Kojima replied. However, I love that this article does not explain why he's talking to a Japanese pop star. Why not, dude? It's Kojima. He's living his life. However, when the pandemic did strike, it led us to restructure the entire script. In Death Stranding, we championed the act of connection. But as the pandemic took hold, digital connections like remote work gained prominence. I also realized that the digital connections alone couldn't satisfy human needs. We are inherently explorers. He added, quote, right now we're dealing with seclusion and division and the world is undergoing significant transformations. We can't rewind to our pre-pandemic reality, so we've had to reassess the concept of connection. In Death Stranding 2, the interpretation of Strand evolves. You'll notice at the end of the teaser trailer a message that says, should we have connected? That's the crux of what we're trying to articulate in the sequel, end quote. Remember when there was a time when a week couldn't pass without somebody having a conversation of, does Death Stranding exist? Yeah. Is it real? Could it even be real? What is Death, what, Death are Stranding? Are we already playing Death Stranding? Like, what yeah. is that? And then it came out. And people love it. Yeah. He did it. And now there's a sequel. And then a year later, we did play it in real life. <laughs> it's wild. It's just wild that, like, Kojima did that shit. Not for everybody. Not even for me. Yeah. But, hey. It's, it's it was, out it was there. for me. I fucking love that the, game. Death Stranding 2. Where are you at with it? Is it like a, oh, I am fucking hyped for it? Or is it more like a, it's going to come and I'm going to play it? For me, it's, it's going to come and I'm going to play it, right? Like, Death Stranding, I, I really enjoyed Death Stranding 1. It wasn't Metal Gear for me, right? And I think that's the difference of Kojima making Metal Gear as something that is going to speak to a wide audience, something that's going to be a, a hit, you know, a mainstream success, right? Metal Gear Solid is one of the biggest names in gaming versus Death Stranding, which feels like Kojima going, I'm going to make art. I'm going to make the thing that I want to make, and nobody's going to tell me a thing about it. Not even PlayStation, who's publishing the game. Well, I'm going to make this game in seclusion and make it fucking weird and make it this specific thing. Um, and I enjoyed it for what it was. I enjoyed it as a work of art. I enjoyed it as a, oh, I'm going to sit and really, like, I, pl I played it uh, in full, what, a year ago when, it, uh, when the Steam Deck came out? Deck boys. 
And so I played it during slash like late pandemic period and getting to play that game while reflecting on the pandemic and reflecting on the themes and how those themes really hit with, um, I guess that time in my life and our lives and what we're going through really hit different. It was, and I would say is a thing that was very special for me. Uh, Death Stranding 2, I, I've come, I've come down on Kojima games where, especially now where I'm going to go in with zero expectation mm-hmm. because if I go into if I go into Death Stranding two thinking that it's going to be the same as Death Stranding one, I'm pretty sure I'll be disappointed because I'm sure Kojima is probably going to take a left turn. You're not delivering boxes anymore. <laughs> now you're shooting people. like that was actually yeah. just, we're back to a third person shooter. Or no, now this is going to be a skateboarding game. You know, okay. like it's, Death Stranding two can be anything, and so I'm going with going into it just knowing that I'm going to get something that's Kojima, and that's yeah. enough for me. Should we have connected? Should we have connected? That's the other question. I just don't know. Story number seven. Our final news story. The Callisto Protocol studio lays off 32 employees. This is Andy Chalk at PC Gamer. Less than two months after uh, releasing the Callisto Protocol's first and last story expansion DLC, developer Striking Distance Studios has laid off 32 employees. As noted by VGC, the layoffs first came to light after numerous employees reported being let go by the studio. Striking Distance parent company Krafton later confirmed with IGN that a total of 32 employees had been terminated. That's a not insignificant percentage of the studio's total headcount, which according to Striking Distance's uh, About Us page currently sits at 144 employees in all. Quote, Striking Distance Studios and Crafton have implemented strategic changes that realign the studio's priorities to better position its current and future project for success. Projects for success, Crafton uh, said. They continue. Unfortunately, these changes have impacted 32 employees, honoring the invaluable contributions of each departing team member with material support in the form of outplacement services and meaningful severance packages is our top priority during this difficult moment. End quote. Always unfortunate. So unfortunate. And, you know, it sucks that these stories just keep happening week after week. More layoffs, more layoffs, more layoffs. This one specifically, though, I think is really unfortunate because these studios that we've been hearing about Mm -hmm. that are the, hey, like a known entity, a known quantity of a studio has left. They're starting their own studio. You know them from this game. We're building a team. We're trying to do stuff. We're trying to diversify the triple a space with the knowledge that we have and all this to like do something and not have to be ea ubisoft uh activision right and for the games to come out and you know we're talking about close to protocol here yeah i'd say that the overall take on it was that it wasn't that great Mm -hmm. um and that results in it not performing as well as it needs to to be able to not only maintain these people but then grow and continue for other projects like i just feel like this is a it's it's scary out there as we see games ballooning bigger and bigger and bigger in that AAA space that we're seeing a lot of evidence here that there might not be a sustainable model for making those AAA games unless you do have those giant budgets behind you to yeah. be able to push, which is all kind of coming from the live service games that we keep talking about, not wanting more of, not being able to maintain more of. But what happens when... Apex Legends stops making as much money as it is. Yeah. Do we stop seeing investment in the Jedi survivors out there? You know, the Mm -hmm. games that sell super well, that are critically acclaimed, but if the money's not right, where's by it just it's unsustainable and we're going to continue to get more laughs and all that. But these smaller studios, like I, I want to see them succeed. 
Yeah. You know, I'm rooting for them. That's so. the thing is you want to see them succeed so that they can make these passion projects or projects that exist beyond, yeah, the what we're getting from big AAA publishers. Because you look at Ubisoft, you look at, yeah, you look at anybody, uh, any of these big publishers, and most of the time you're seeing a shift toward we got to make live service, we got to make online. Even PlayStation, you're seeing mm-hmm. that shift toward we got to make live service, we got to make online. And when that happens, right, you're seeing less and less of this focus on single player story stuff, like that kind of game. And you would hope that the solution to that would be people going, hey, we got people, we got talent, let's make that on our own. But yeah, to see something like Coolest of Protocol come out and not be a hit and then, you know, see layoffs happen shortly after that, that's a bummer. You don't want that to happen. And like, I definitely hear the uh, Coolest of Protocol wasn't the, the, like wasn't the best, right? Like there, I think that had like very middling to not great reviews there. But I would say that that team was a talented team. Like, oh, absolutely. I, you can't tell me you, you, you played Coast to Protocol and went, this team got nothing, right? Like, that game looks incredible visually. That game, I think, has such an excellent atmosphere. And I think there's quite a few gameplay issues it has. But even with those, right, there's something there that worked for Callisto Protocol that I would say, oh, if they got a chance to do a second game, they'll be able to knock it out the park. And I think for me, that's the bummer there is that, is that we're not necessarily seeing that chance. And maybe we will, right? Maybe they will be able to do that with these yeah. layoffs. But it's still a bummer because I think you can draw probably draw that that direct line between the non-success of Callisto Protocol to people being laid off at the studio, which is a bummer because you want these kinds of studios to succeed. Yep. But hey, it sucks. Tim, very excited to see what the next big Callisto Protocol type game ends up being, but the release of it is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom Drop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Out today, we got Baldur's Gate 3 for PC, a guidebook of Babel for PC, Stray Gods, the role-playing musical for PC, Contraptions 3 for Switch, Flutter Away for PC and Switch, and then the Super Mario Brothers movie on the cock. It's on the cock, baby. It's on the cock. Get it on Peacock. New dates for you. Radiant Silver Gun is coming to Steam on August 18th. Affogato, isn't that a, a kind of ice cream? It's set to release this August 17th on Steam or coffee, coffee ice cream. I think that's what Affogato is. Mm. Kind of funny.com says you're wrong if I'm off about that. Uh, and then Far World Pioneers sets off to PlayStation 4 and 5 on August 15th. You know, it's pretty wild to think that uh, the, those numbers we were talking about with the Mario movie. Mm-hmm. So the way that they got those numbers was sales then. Because it's not it was streaming. streaming yet. Yeah, it's coming to streaming. What if it was from all the people pirating it? Nintendo knows. <laughs> they know. No, I <laughs> They're in your computer. It, it was also available to uh, rent and buy and all that shit, too. Yeah. But that's but what that's I'm saying. saying. Oh, okay. Like, that's were, how they have that info. Because it's sales-based. Because, like, you would think with all those eyes, oh, surely streaming numbers factor in. And no, like, it, yeah. it just came out on streaming today. That's going to be a while. But also, again, like, Nintendo, they know. It's because you're playing Mario Kart on your Wii. And Splatoon what? on your Wii. What? Is because, like, if you played it on your Wii, they can then hack into your system. Psychomantis. And now they know. We talked about this yesterday on the show. Oh, like, Wii, the Wii U. Wii U. Wii U. Sorry. Yeah. Wii U. Okay. Yeah. Because all the. Especially <laughs> when you started talking about Splatoon on the Wii, I was really confused. Sorry. Yeah. I should have cleared that. The Wii U. Wii U. Yeah. 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 It's hard to get. It's easy to get them mixed up, you know? It's because so many people Wii own the Wii, Wii U. Which also, is how I believe I have this clip ready if you guys want to watch this uh, oh, talking yeah. to an animal. Bring yes. up that, that clip. So yeah, this person like talks to this animal. It's just a squirrel they find. Let's track up a conversation. A little squirrel. A little cute little squirrel. Their crew walking up. This is a, a lot more focused on the squirrel than I expected it to be. Again, this is where they get all the cinematics. 
when they say they had more cinematics than the Lord of the Rings trilogy, they have a lot of cinematics. That's your foot and bites it. So the narrator is talking about how the squirrel attacks the person's foot and they kick it off. And then they roll for dexterity, which is kick the squirrel. Jesus. And then they roll. And they roll a 20 on a d20. That's a critical. Holy <laughs> shit! Oh my god! I should have put a content warning, by the way. <laughs> anyway, Baldur's Gate 3 is out today, everybody. Go check it out. It's a fun video game. It's a pretty pretty, pretty cool video game. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> Don't do that, though, you know? For you know? audio listeners, they violently kicked the squirrel into a tree. There was a lot of blood. There was a lot that of blood. That was some Mortal Kombat shit. Some absolute Mortal Kombat fatality. Bless, there, you right told there. me what was going to happen, and I did not expect this. <laughs> I didn't expect Yo. it. When I saw this on Twitter, I didn't expect it either. That was wild. Holy sh- I need to see up. this again. That was... There, there's so many impacts. <laughs> like, the squirrel exploded with the kick, and then it hit the wall. Oh, oh my lord. Oh, all right. Uh, if you want to watch the video version to see what that looks like, Again, it's kind of violent, and so warning there, but also it's, it's a fun watch. Uh, deal of the day for you, Undertale is three bucks on Steam. Uh, Tim, it's time to squad up. Will writes in to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD, just like you can, and says, my wife and I are getting back into Final Fantasy fourteen, especially with the Dawn Trail revealed. Uh, with the Dawn Trail? Oh, yeah, with Dawn Trail. I guess that's the expansion. With Dawn Trail revealed. And we'll love to meet new people and join our FC all levels and classes are welcomed. DM me on Discord. You can add Will on Discord with the username I'm a hippie. That is I M M A H I P P I E. I'm a hippie. All one word on Discord. Go play some Final Fantasy 14. Tim, what do you think an FC is? An FC. Football club. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yes. Nailed it. Yes. Yeah. Join his football club in Final Fantasy 14. I was going to go with Fantasy Clan, but that's yeah. sound, I don't know how I feel about Fantasy Clan. <laughs> like, it seems like a bunch of racist nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said it. <laughs> racist nerds. Uh, people in chat are saying free company. Free company, like a guild. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm. Football club. Football club. That's a thing, right? Oh, yeah. No, you don't. Okay, it is cool. football club. Um. Now it's time for counterfunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. For AB Productions in the chat says that's an FK. Uh, people are saying allegedly Splatoon 3 is the fastest selling game of all time in Japan. There we go. Yeah, everybody's saying Animal Crossing felt wrong to me. Splatoon 3, really? Uh, yeah, I mean, surprising, but yeah, I guess so. It's weird. I'm not a Splatoon person, so I couldn't even speak to it. I'm like, I guess. Sure. Why not? Why not? Why not? Uh, Bander SN says, Bless was right. Mario, you came out in January 2019, and 3D World came out February 2021. So two years. Two years, yeah. But I think I said one or two years. Uh, AK says, uh, in December 2022, Nintendo announced that Luigi's Mansion 3 had hit 12.44 million units sold. That's wild, man. Good for Luigi's Mansion. Luigi's Mansion 3 sold more than Resident Evil 2. God damn. God damn. I think, about think about that. that. Oh, that's wild. Dead company, Nintendo. Tundra says, it's important to note that Capcom... Remember when we are all like, Nintendo should go third party. <laughs> Make games for PlayStation and Xbox. Remember when we were fucking we're, stupid? We're idiots. <laughs> I mean, well, the reality is, imagine if Mario Kart was everywhere. 
Dude, imagine God, though. God. Imagine how good that game would look on a PS5. Mm. Uh, it's important to note that Capcom Platinum title lists separate ports in various editions of games, so games have multiple entries in that ranking. So while RE2 Remake is the highest selling RE in terms of an individual release, RE5 and OG RE4 have both sold more if you add up the various versions. Mm. Yeah, RE5 is at 13.9, OG RE4 is at 12.8, RE2 Remake is not far behind at two, at 12.6 million. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, New AJ says, Nachi is a former pop star turned games writer. From, mm. from the group Perfume. She now runs a gaming column called Natalie. Good for her. Called Nachi Wants to Play Games. That's awesome. Could you imagine if... Let her play. Could you imagine if... Let Nachi play. If Usher was like, I'm done with this music shit. Let me join Kind of Funny and start my own show. Yeah. <laughs> That'd yeah. be really neat. That's what happened. That's what happened. That's what happened. Hey, <laughs> hey that's what Usher happened. Usher wants to play games. Uh, IRR Gamer says, Stray Gods, the role-playing musical is not released today. It's getting a, a release on August 10th. Thank you for that um, correction. New AJ says, Afghan. Well, we, we, no, we, we said that. We said Stray Gods is out today. Yeah, it's not out today. Oh, it's not out today. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's out on the 10th. Uh, Affogato is an espresso ice cream. Bless you, you're right. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm proud of you. I didn't have full faith in you. I know. You sounded confident, but you also sounded like you were like... <laughs> Just saying things? Yeah. Listen, I've realized that if I say things with enough confidence, mm -hmm. even if I'm not right, people will believe me. That's it, man. You're no. hanging out with Mike too much. People will believe me. <laughs> you need to stop going to those softball. Well, you know what I've learned from Mike? Lying is really fun. <laughs> it's really fun. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, for you. Tim, you know I grew up in, in Italy, right? Fucking... It's called storytelling, Mike. Storytelling. Right. <laughs> I fucking hate him that, so much. I hate him so much. Grew up in much. Italy. Tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are going to be Tim and myself. Oh, if you're watching this live after the KFG post show, the crew is playing some of that Baldur's Gate 3, and you don't want to miss out on that. This, of course, has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every day live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, Game Daily. Oh, shit. <laughs> we went long in that. I didn't realize how long we were going. Time flies when you're having fun, you know? It was a fun episode, man. Start talking about Nintendo numbers, and I get rock hard. You know what I mean? I mean, dude, <laughs> show me a squirrel getting kicked into a tree. <laughs> that was fucking insane. Yeah, dude. That's the magic of Baldur's Gate 3. That's what you can do in that game. Anything's possible. you see the squirrel, Mike? No, I didn't see it. But shit. I'm going to do it. We're going to live yeah, it dude. today. I can't wait for what you and Andy have planned today. <sighs> yeah, we got our, our third in here, too. We got yeah. a third person. It's going to be a is good it, time. Is it Nick Scarpino? We can't tell. We can't no. Tell. Okay. Ooh, well, hey, my hopes it's are going to be a really high. good time. Um, we're excited for that. But, of course, I'm excited for another kind of fun games, games daily post okay. show mm -hmm. with my good friends Tim and Bless. Where we jump into the news and we answer your burning questions. Of course, if you're watching over on YouTube, you can super chat anytime throughout the show. We'll read those questions off during this super chat segment. Tim. And of course, if you're on Twitch, you can hype chat. Right now, my headline that I've had is Ninten Nintendo is on top of the world. Yeah. If there's any better headline that comes to your mind, let me know. Yeah, I like that. It's hard when there's, there's these sales days. Uh, yeah, days. yeah. I, I feel like we're not going to get too much better than that. Yeah. Okay, I might, I'll stick with it. First question comes in from El Capitan 22. Hey guys, how about the switchback for the next Nintendo console? Also, have you heard of the Nakamichi Naka, Naka Dragon Tim? Nakamichi Dragon Tim. I don't know what the Nakamichi Dragon is. One. And okay. switchback? I think about the switchback. Gotta be honest, I hate it. No. He hates it. He That's hates worse it. than the Wii U. He hates it. Yeah. yeah. That makes it sound like an accessory. Yeah. I saw somebody say, what if they call it the switch up? Like, uh, yeah, that's bad. 
I don't think oh. it's either you got to go God. clean and simple Barrett, switch. You're two. a little loud. Oh, sorry. Switch up. Oh, you know what it is. Roger talks <laughs> yeah. so quietly that we have to boost him up. Hold up on. There. Um, you got to either go directly switch to or the Super Nintendo. Uh, Super Nintendo switch. switch. Yeah. See, I feel like that gets into a little bit of a branding problem. Like, I think it worked for the OG Super Nintendo because there, there were only two consoles back then. I'm telling y'all right now. Lay it on me. I am still not convinced that they're not going to just make it part of the switch family mm. and just continue this going i feel like that makes so much sense for them and like it will be confusing but i think that they can own that and make the most money from it mm. and it worked for the wii u uh well no that didn't work <laughs> that wasn't oh it didn't work, it didn't work. but that's that not what i'm saying that, that was different family. though that yeah. wasn't part of the wii family oh so you're talking about like I'm talking More like of a, Game Boy to Game Boy Color, Nintendo DS to DSi, DS Lite, like that type Xbox of thing. Xbox Series mm. S and X. Like, yeah, exactly. Yo, yeah, kind between, of, yeah, between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. See, I mean, if they're going to do it's what Tim's talking about, then I think it'd be like Switch Plus. Yeah, Switch Plus. But I think it's going to be more. I think if it was that, we'd have more... Like. I think you'd be getting more exciting announcements for, announcements for games. It feels like we're in a winding down period software-wise for Switch. But see... It's that's not true though. Mm -hmm. Like, look at all the games we talked about today. Still, they're hot. still finding yeah. ports. They're still Real have hot. we have new 2D Mario. We got Metroid Prime Four coming. Like, there's potential that we have a whole other wave. I don't think that that's necessarily happening. I, I, I feel like the I feel like a Peach game coming in 2024 is like a all right. We're we're starting to close down on this thing. But I mean, compare the like the year to a couple years that we've had of the Switch. Mm -hmm. Like, there has been. Years that we've had some of those like lower different. I don't even want to call them lower. Just, mm. Luigi's Mansion Three. Luigi's Mansion Three sold thirteen sold million copies. <laughs> yeah, I think my also my other thing too is just that the Switch we have now is old. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I feel like just on a technological level or technology level, it's not. It it is tough to like keep this thing going. Like I look at games on this thing and I'm like, okay, this is an old device, and I think the quicker you can phase it out completely, the better. What's what it? about that dragon? Yeah, I don't know. What's up with that dragon, Tim? We chasing that dragon? The Nakamichi I, dragon. I would either go Switch 2 or completely new name. Switch Plus. Don't even do Switch. It's just a new console name. Switch Plus. The Nintendo NX. You know, but the, okay, you got some sort of hardware. I was I was expecting some sort of childlike dragon for a Switch video game. Yeah, no, it's a it's an audio cassette deck. Okay. Interesting. It looks cool. I don't know why you you sent me this, but I, I, have, I appreciate it. I have a cassette the, tech inside of my car. Yeah? Yeah, you still been playing the, tape. The Rugrats movie soundtrack? I just put in the tape, you know what I mean? Just get lost in it. Love that. <laughs> the Portland Kevin writes in and says, How about a KF Marvel Snap Show where Tim and Bless show off their favorite card variants and share a few stories of epic matches? One-off or monthly? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to talk to anybody about Marvel Snap. He wants to talk point, to anybody so. about Marvel Snap. I, I mean, I've already slowed down. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, yeah. I was playing. I've, I've been finding I've just been on a board game and tabletop game kick. You have been. Yeah. I love that. Yesterday, I was you. playing this game called uh, Scythe. Scythe, at I a, thought. At a, at a different uh, board game cafe that I've never been to in Dogpatch. Oh. Yeah. Um, and let me tell Well, you're you. actively going to a, a, a board game cafe, yeah. not someone's house. No, because none of us own Scythe um, mm. until last night because my friend Sarah. Well, yeah, Amazon Prime that thing. It's like, it was 90 bucks. I'd be buying $90. I got a lot of board games. But Scythe is cool. because I bought a lot of board games. Scythe is a map. How many of you played, Mike? 
Uh, I've played zero of them. They're all still wrapped in cellophane, and I probably have 32 board games in my house. Pass them over. I'll take them. That all cost like 30 plus dollars a piece because I was addicted at one point. One day there might be a party. One day there might be a party. One day I might have a friend is right. Here we go. But Scythe is, it might be the most crunchy board game I've ever played. Like it is complicated. Crunchy. Yeah. Let's 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 talk crunchy and board game. Let's let's break that down for real people. Listen, yeah. all right. I'm stealing my friend's slang. Let me use oh, it and not exactly. totally know what it means. All right. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be questioned. Let's, let's pause all right. For a Let me get crunchy off. I'm yeah, trying to yeah. make a thing happen. Okay, it's crunchy. Right? I like it was, that. This game was like streets that. ahead. All right. Scythe <laughs> was alone. crunchy. I dig that. Um, but no, it was, it was a complex boarding game. Okay. Uh, boarding game. Board game. Um, but it's a it's a mech game. Yeah. Right. And so like you are basically think of like Catan where you're starting these settlements and you're mm-hmm. trying to um, get points in a bunch of different ways. You can like take over most of the board. You can build a lot, a lot of military powers. You have all these different things you're doing to try and expand your community and settlement. Yeah. Um, but you get to a certain point where you can place mechs on the field. And these mech models are so fucking cool. Can you so paint detailed. them? Uh, I mean, I are guess they already can. pre-painted and like detailed up? They're not or like, I mean, they, is it up to you? They all, oh, well, they're like divided Warhammer? by color. Okay. It's not one, I wouldn't describe it as, as Warhammer just because, like, I, I, my team color was, like, blue, right? Okay. And so, like, you have, your, I was blue, my friend was white, my other friend was, like, another color, right? And yeah. so, like, I think you want them to be just plain one color. Mm-hmm. You probably could paint them if you want, but it'd probably make the game more difficult. I guess they're all the same, different shapes. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if people are painting these things. Let, let's rewind. Let's talk about board game night. Okay. Okay. You picked Scythe this week. Yeah. Has anyone ever played that, or do we learn on the fly there? Two of How, us. What's there, like your group level? There are four of us. Um, Sara had played it, and one of our other friends had played it. Tarek okay. had played it. And the here's the thing. This game is so complicated that it took us about three hours to play this thing. Okay. I didn't understand the rules of the game until, like, the first game was done. Okay. By the time we were finishing, I was finally like, okay, I get what this is. Yeah. And so it's one of those it's one of those ones where you have to play all the way through just to learn what the fuck is going on. And then the second and third time you play is like the actual, okay, now we're actually playing this game. Okay. And so it's a, it's a complex one, even with people who already know how to play that game. And you went with four deep to this dog patch party? Four people, yeah. It's a two two to five players is this game. Three hours, you said? Three how, hours. how long was your session? Three hours? Three hours. Yeah, three hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a, on the box. It says 115 minutes, probably many, like around two hours. How many please. board game bars have you been to now? Two. Yeah, I do that one in the dog patch, and then there's one in Sunset that I like to go to. What's the general vibe? What's the aesthetic of it all? Does it look cool? Is it clean? Is it kind of <laughs> sticky? Clean, yeah. Is it a little crunchy? How do we feel about <laughs> it? How do you know we what I mean? Like, it's crunchy. It's a little crunchy. It's chill. It's like a, it's like a cafe vibe. Bring in food. Bring in drinks. Have you bring your time. own food? Uh, well, this place had a pop up. Uh, restaurant, like oh, pop brilliant. up, yeah, like yeah, they yeah. taco stand right yeah, next to it, that. and they let you bring food in. And so people were eating as we were playing. Okay, I'm not a big fan of eating and playing, especially when it's like finger food like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get my hands dirty. Remember when I playing. licked that controller? Yeah, you licked that controller hard, Mike. That was insane. <laughs> people thought I was going down with the ten count. Not gonna yeah. lie. Yeah. yeah, not gonna lie. Yeah, it's like a, I'm just chilling. Okay. I've told you this before, bless, but the uh, the one you go to in the sunset yeah. is literally next door to the cafe that me and Alfredo ran. Oh yeah, which to, is just uh, uh, Cool Greg oh. brought that up because yeah. we were talking about it with Cool Greg yesterday. He's like, I think that's the one where Tim and uh, Alfredo did that stand. I'm like, yep, mm-hmm. that's the one. Um, at re- last week, me every week, month, me and my uh, my my friends that I grew up with here have a, a boys' night where one of us chooses what we're doing as an activity and we yeah. uh, went to one of my friend's houses for the first time uh this week and we played night of the ninja okay mm. board game takes about 15 to 30 minutes around yeah. and it was like that perfect board game that is simple enough to 
learn. Yes. But you play it the first round, you're like, I don't, there's no strategy here. Like, what the fuck's the point of this? And then three rounds later, we're all fucking like, I'm going to goddamn destroy you. And it was just so much fun. I think we played for like six hours. Love that. Insane. So um, one interesting thing last night, uh, there was, so as we were playing, periodically, one of the dudes that worked there would like peek over and like kind of check out our game. Yeah. And we're kind of like, oh, yeah, what's up, man? He's like, cool. Yeah, just just checking out, just just seeing what's up. Gotta peep the sitch. And after we had this bet, me and my friends were like, yo, what if, what if the people that work there place bets on us? Based on like who they think is gonna win, oh, just based on what we look like coming in, because they're saying that, like, yo, if I, I would definitely if be you work there, yeah, you're yeah. doing that and being like, all right, whoever loses has to clean the bathroom, yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Like, Five that bucks. Thing. So we that was what we were taco. doing. Yeah, but yeah. when we finished our game, the dude walks up to us and was like, hey, so like we do this thing on Wednesday nights where we do like these team board game competitions where it's teams of four and we had four people right teams of four come in and basically assign people to play games with like different crews yeah and so like whoever like whoever's group wins the most board games kind of like you know just gets the most points or whatever wins the competition like a trivia and like you can have a home game of like hey this is the this is the game that your team is bringing to the table i love that that. and i'm like yo that actually sounds really fun make some new friends yeah you should go do that that sounds cool oh man I saw this uh, on Instagram ads a couple uh, days ago, and I thought of both of you. There was an advertisement for something in SF that was a board game night singles edition. Mm-hmm. Smart. Where oh. it's like it's a it's an event that they throw where you go and just play board games with a bunch of single people, and maybe you mingle. You know what That's I mean? That's awesome. I mean, the <laughs> board game cafe. I was telling Mike that that is like one of my date spots. If I got a hinge, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, let's play board games. Yeah, Fun that's great. So fucking cool. Yeah, I, I destroyed that girl in chess, Mike. I just, <laughs> yeah, dude, that's I mean, what you gotta do. I destroyed no her. easy days, but I've been telling people no easy days. Oh man, uh, let's keep this going. Mike writes in and says, hashtag Tim is right. Arms is a good game. I play it with my kids so much. It is amazing. Maybe not, but it's definitely not bad. <laughs> Nintendo has different audiences. <laughs> I love how you couldn't even believe what you is said. Is it amazing? No, it's that. amazing. Mike, well, maybe no, not. No, no, no. Mike <laughs> read that, that wrong. <laughs> he that. said, is it amazing? <laughs> maybe not. Oh, <laughs> okay. I love the idea of, like, it's amazing. Okay, maybe not amazing, no. but, like, I like it. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, all I was saying is arms is good. Let's just say arms is bad. Arms bad. is not bad. Oh, man. It's bad. I, I, I would say it is. It's good. It's, yeah. it's not quite great, but it's good. I like that. I like that. Two out of five on the complaint scale. Oh, oh, hell, it is a three. It's a three, it is a three with five. a ball. Very passionate three. Uh, Christopher writes in and says, guys, can we please have a stream or full playthrough of Helldivers 1 before the sequel is out with Greg, Andy, Nick, and Mike? It would be hilarious. We could try. That's going to be just what that would be called is tough because Nick would melt down quickly, and I don't know if we'd make it, but we'll mm. give it a try. We'll with Helldivers? Yeah, because you can shoot each other and like you know exactly would, where that's okay. Gonna when go. you say Nick would melt down, yeah, you yeah. just mean Nick would lose focus on what he's, t- yeah, what he's and doing then, and yeah. fuck off uh-huh. all your days. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's content, baby. CJ writes in and says, "Twisted Metal has higher ratings than Secret Invasion. It yeah. feels like the beginning of the live-action gaming adaptation Renaissance." Twisted Metal is better than Secret Invasion. Damn, that is a statement I can stand by like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so easily. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's crazy, dude. I never would. Is it if though? You, if you went back in time two years ago and told yourself that was going to happen, because like I was looking forward to Secret Invasion as like a dude, I can't wait. Like fucking, they're gonna they're gonna show that Tony Stark was a scroll this entire time. Like I was ready for some wild like wild shit. Yeah. And I've not even watched it. I'm not even thought about watching it. I started the Bear instead. Good. That's a better. Bear's show. Way better than better show. Bear's pretty good. It's better pretty good. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Mad Rocks right in and says, made it to Vegas for Evo. Going to be my first IRL tournament and major. Mainly played online tournaments. Signed up for Street Fighter 6 and Strive. Hyped AF. Hell yeah. I'm, Yo, I'm jealous. I wish, I, I, wish I went for to you. Evo. Go kick butt. I have some positive news here for kind of funny. Hmm. Thanks to a friend, Cyberbones, I was able to sign us up. Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games to be an official co-streaming partner if me and Bless want to go and watch uh, some Evo Ooh, this week. I'd be down to watch some so Evo. So we can watch some Evo. We are cleared I mean, to do that the... from the cool. Evo team. Love that. So uh, we're allowed to do that um, if we would like to do I that. I think Sunday is the finals, right? Yeah. I can. Do, I don't have anything going on Sunday. Something to think about. Oh, you can do stream to kind of funny. So we'll figure it out. We got some yeah. board games. Now my whole life now. Uh, some KBBQ. Ooh. KBBQ are you going? To, is that that spot in Oakland? No, it's in uh, Japan town. Oh, that would be sick if we put it on the wide. Shout out the chat right there. Put it on the wide. The actual tournament is behind us, so it's like the whole fucking wall. And then two chairs looking this way because we're reacting to it. Were you here when we did the uh, creator clash? No, I wasn't here. Oh, man, you missed out. I'll tell you what. I I'm available. I'll probably watch it. That sounds really fun. I'll I can maybe like around those plans do something. We'll talk talk me we'll after this. figure it out. Somebody in we'll chat said Bless is living. I was thinking about this last night that I have... I think we've come now far enough um, through the pandemic, right, where people are so comfortable doing things yeah. that now I overplan and I need days where I rest. And I'm doing mm. such a bad time of finding rest days. It's become no, a problem. No, yesterday, what, two days ago I did softball. Yesterday yeah, I did a whole good. board game night. Good. Tonight I think we're doing a softball. To, we're doing a bad game. we're going to go practice. Bless your wild man. I'm it's so tired. Dude, it's happening. <laughs> See? Remember when what? he was first, he first moved here, he's like, I moved to a new city, and then COVID happened. I never figured this city out. I don't like Dude. this city. I want to go back. Now, look at you. You're thriving. It, you you know the crunchy. moment that your life changes when instead of making plans to do things, you make plans not to do things. Yeah, no, when that's you where I'm at. schedule out when you're not doing something. Like, I had somebody text me to be like, oh, yeah, do you want to do this thing? And I, like, I was like, <sighs> you have to weigh it. Like, do I want to do this thing? Because yeah. I haven't rested <laughs> in a week. Dude, Let's I gotta ignore their text next like week, I do. I have three plans during nights, mm -hmm. and I'm stressed out about this. And they're all things I want to do. Oh. Fun yeah. movie screener, uh, Benny Hanna with Gary mm -hmm. Witta. I don't know who else is going. Joey, mm -hmm. someone else. But it's gonna be a good time. I mean, you blast up some fun plans. Yeah, Dude, I'm going axe throwing this weekend. Be careful. I'm I'm kind of scared about it. Honestly. It's pretty scary. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just chuck that axe. Uh, Olive Party writes in with the birthday tax. Anyone that kind of funny checking out VR Skater on PSVR 2 dropping tomorrow. I'm stoked. I don't have a PSVR 2. Uh, I've been saying things about VR Skater. I I mean, it's just that thing where I'm like, do I even want to get into my VR at this point? Right. I, I, look, I saw the trailer. I'm like, this looks interesting and cool. But also, the, my other thing with it, too, is that that game looks like it's going to activate my motion sickness. Mm. You're just you're you're grinding all over the place. You're like just going. I don't know if I got the stuff for it. Happy birthday, Olive Party! Thank you for everything that you do. Have a great day. Happy birthday, Jay. Will the Switch Two be announced at the Game Awards, Tim? No. <laughs> just announce it. Let's get this over with. Get it over with. King Vin writes in and says, "Tim, are you planning to get into Lorcana? We've talked about this. I, I am. I am. Unfortunately." The starter decks are available for pre-order right now at Best Buy as of this morning. Okay. Thank you for telling me Get that. Get yourself a deck. Two more to continue to have some fun. And shout out to Crux117. Shout out to Master Chief out there. For the first Super Chat says, Hey, Tim, have you heard of and have any interest in the Marvel Champions tabletop card game? Me and my friends play, and it's really fun. Tim? 
Open up your wallet and buy more. No, card no, games. no. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be careful with all this stuff. Playing the games is is something I haven't gotten into yet. I'm more on the collecting side. I just like collecting. I'm a collector. Yeah, I've learned that about go. myself a long time ago. It's why I never bought mm -hmm. a single Amiibo because mm. I knew if I did, it'd be game over. My, my game I over. Don't need all that. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, cards. <laughs> there's something soothing about being able to organize and put them in a binder, and then it's good. Then you're done. I like that. Somebody in chat said, blesses Slurms McKenzie, and I didn't know who that was, and I Google Slurms, yeah, yeah, Slurms, Slurms McKenzie. Dope. This is hilarious. Yeah, Slurms is out there, man. Fair no Slurms, Slurms McKenzie. is out there, man. Yeah, bro, Futurama's back, everybody. Watch Futurama. Uh, Matt Steele with the final super chat of our lovely Thursday edition of this Kind of Funny Games Daily post show, where I come and answer your burning questions with our two Games Daily show hosts. Matt Steele says, I wish Kind of Funny Golf hadn't died down so quick. That vlog was dope, and y'all have gotten better outside of the studio with audio. What the? Thank you for that kind comment, because I tried really fucking hard with that one. I will say this. Kevin, he hasn't given up the golf dream. Mm -hmm. Others may have slowed down a lot with golf, but Kevin, every single Friday, still goes to the driving range. No shit. And you've got to give him credit for wow. that. He bought those golf clubs, and he is putting them wow. to use. So I'm very proud of Kevin for continuing that. Uh, yeah. Kind of funny, golf never dies. Okay, we just we're, we just, just playing we're like the waves. Right we just kind of go up. Yeah, we got to take one softball, sport at a time, and then we're gonna play soccer next. Oh, I can't right. wait. We're for not soccer, definitely dude. gonna slide tackle FC. somebody. We're gonna get the first kid so I don't hard. like. I'm gonna slide tackle so the hard. First kid, I it's don't gonna like. be a great time, everybody. Well, you know what else is gonna be a great time? More kind of funny content. We got a whole lot of it coming your way right now. I'm gonna head over to the lab, and we are going full role playing mode into Baldur's Gate three to celebrate the big day one launch party. It's gonna be a ton of fun. You won't want to miss out on that. There is still plenty of shows being recorded in the afternoon, and then guess what? We'll be back for a fun Friday edition of Games Daily and our Twitch stream. Until then, best friends, have a great day.